Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We help you get your business to the levels you want to be at so you can live the small business life. And that's Wired to Change with the number two. We would ask you uh, uh, happily to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast uh, on all major podcast platforms. And so we appreciate all the help as we grow a small business with you. Uh, Trinity, today is special guest Tuesday, and we just raised the bar from last week, didn't we? We did. We have another gorgeous, special, <laughs> very, 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 very special guest. I got a little scolded by my husband last night because he listened to the podcast that we had with Alicia, and he said that she got more varies than he did. And I said, wow, you are really paying attention to every word I say on this podcast. <laughs> so I think I just gave Samantha... One more vary than I gave Alicia, but I do think that all of our guests are extra special. They are. Poor Scott was our first one. Alicia Gerardo with Pura Vida Studio was last week. Scott, Trinity's husband, was the week before that in the first one. And I think he's almost forgotten about now that we're on week three of guests. So. Oh, he's still riding the high of everybody listening to the podcast yes. and listening to him and <laughs> telling him how great he is. So I think that that definitely fed his ego for a bit. The best thing you said, the, the, big, the best takeaway from the podcast is you hoped everybody had a Scott. I do. I think everyone should have a Scott. He is the best. I, I had a little memory pop up in my Facebook memory feed from a year ago when he had, I got into my car and, you know, he likes to pack me car snacks. So you, I remember well, he, that was before the idea. That was before, but he has gotten back to okay. packing me the car snacks. Right. And it was the original note that said, I love you. Please remember to eat. And he had peeled my oranges for me and had all my car Dang. snacks. And I just thought, that is the man I love. And he still does. He has gotten back into the habit now that we're back into our healthy eating habits. So then I guess the first snacks. question after after you've officially introduced Sam is, does her husband do that for her? Oh, uh, we will so. have to see. We will have to see. <laughs> so our very special guest today is my dear friend, Samantha strazanek Staten. She is newly Ooh. married. And she is also a woman in business and a small business owner. And she is one of the people that I probably admire most in the world because not only is she amazing at what she does, she's also super connected and always puts relationships first, which is fantastic. She has been in the realm of digital marketing and sales for over 12 years, but you would never know it by her gorgeous face. She also specializes in social Damn. media and digital strategy for businesses <laughs> who are either getting started in marketing or who... Um, you know, some businesses plateau and she's there for them to help them get past that plateau stage. When she's not working, she's a gym rat. If you want to, you should go out and follow her on Instagram because she posts some of the best gym posts that you'll ever find. Abs twice a day. Last time I saw she, you. Okay. She is currently doing two a days and you can tell because you are looking hot. Um, and she also loves spending time with her husband, her friends, her family, and she has three awesome dogs who I've had the pleasure of meeting. <laughs> two chihuahuas and a chihuahua. Tell us, what is a chihuahua? A chihuahua is a part wiener dog, part chihuahua, so he's half a dog high and two dogs long. His name is Watson, and he so is good. just dashing as I will get out. He's blonde, long hair, just handsome as can be. He is super, you know, if I could call a dog sexy... I think that he's a pretty sexy dog. He would. If, <laughs> he reminds me of those Disney movies, of those princes that had the long, luscious blonde yeah. hair that when they whipped yes. their head, 
if Watson could be turned into a prince, he would look like a Disney prince, and he'd just kind of do the Bieber swift of his head, and his bangs would swift is, in the wind. Yep. He yeah. totally would. Does yeah. he own the house? Watson? Yeah. No, nah, I'd say Luna mm, Luna, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. She's four pounds, and she owns the house. That's yeah. not a dog. She's amazing. Sam. Yes. She's the best dog. She is. Luna is the reason that Scott and I want to get a little chihuahua so bad, because she's just a bundle of energy. She loves everybody, and that dog has no fear. No. No fear no. whatsoever. Oh, and a, she's not yippy. Good. You need a second yippy dog in your house. Yeah. Well, they only yip at you because you don't come over often. <laughs> but enough. they don't run from me. I they found don't. Out yesterday. They don't run the from you anymore. Yeah, no. So that's good. So today, we are super excited to have Sam with us. Um, she dubs herself a professional failure and is determined to turn that dreaded four letter F word fail into something positive. So today, we are going to talk all about failure. We're going to talk about persistence. We're going to talk about perseverance. And we're going to talk about pain. And for those of you that are sharing this lovely adventure in the small business realm with us, you know that there's not one small business owner or entrepreneur who has not gone through these four things. If Would they, you agree, Sam? Yeah. I completely agree. And if they haven't, well, get ready. It's coming soon. Or yes. if you meet a small business owner that says, oh, I've started eight businesses and they've all been home runs, just walk away. They're lying. They are. They are. It, it helps you, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Failing is the only way to learn because failure is just an ugly word for learning. It is. It, it, it just really means is. it didn't work that way. It's really yeah. all. Man, you can't. It's, it's not, okay, if you do eight <laughs> the same way and they don't end up, maybe. But if you do one, which we've all done, that didn't meet our original expectations, it's really not a reflection on the individual, I don't think. It's just you had, probably had to tweak a couple things, right? Was it Edison that had that quote said, I've only, I've, I've not Learned. invented the light bulb like 10,000 times. Yeah. I just found a way that it didn't work. Hmm? Yes. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yep. You failed 10,000 times and the one time that it worked, well, then that's a success and that's what people remember. Exactly. Nobody remembers the thousands of times that you nope. That you didn't. Right, like the exactly. Michael, Michael Jordan in a shooting. How many times did he miss the basket? A, a lot. lot. But everybody knows who he is. Yes. yes. And that's why when we were talking about guests to bring on I've had Samantha come in as a special guest speaker at a couple of my networking events. Mm -hmm. She's phenomenal and in front of a crowd and also on air. So thank you for coming in here. But when her and I were talking about failure, because she is one of my um, business advisors and I'm one of hers. So we talk to each other a lot and we peel back the curtain to each other on things that we wouldn't necessarily share with most of the general public. And today we're going to kind of be bearing it all, which is not the norm in business, but we're going to show you our vulnerable sides. But she really believes that if you welcome failure with open arms, it no longer becomes something to dread or fear, but something you actually can learn to look forward to, which mm. I think is freaking awesome. <laughs> and um, why is it something to embrace? Well, she just wants you to listen today and she's going to teach us all about it. Who, who instilled in you that it was okay to fail? I think my dad. My dad has, I believe, three master's degrees. He's taught for over 30, if not 40 years. Um, he taught history alone for 22 years. And he, while he is highly educated because he doesn't have a PhD, a lot of education programs won't take him at his level because he's overqualified yep. for what they need. Okay. Um, so he had to retire really early, but he kept finding ways to keep himself busy and use his passion, which is teaching. So he taught at the federal prison system. He taught prisoners for a while. Um, he taught Vance Granville, and I actually got to substitute teach for him a few times. Um, now he actually takes 
volunteers to do people's taxes for free um, <laughs> to just kill his retirement time. He's either at the gym taking spin classes and having coffee with his buddies or he's doing other people's taxes. Like he's figured out ways that life has not handed him what he wanted and he's adapted it to ways that can work out in his favor. Literally, life has thrown him a lot of curveballs that just didn't work out for him, and he just kept dodging and dodging until he found something that works. Um, and it really helps that my mother is the best support system in the world to him and myself as well. Um, my mother is also a business owner. She owns a medical practice here in the Triangle. Um, my mom's not even American. My mom's from Brazil, and she came to the United States as a, um, a medical student, and now she owns one of the most successful rheumatology practices in the Triangle. And so having that support system and having the persistence to persevere over every curveball and challenge and failure that lands on top of your plate is the key. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, and I have met both of Sam's parents and I can second that they are really good people and also really great business minded. I love having conversations with your mom, her and I, you know, at your wedding, we always find the little corner where we're off talking business and talking about which um, conference she's going to be heading off yeah. to and speaking at next. And I think that you've had two really great role models in what it means to overcome and persevere and how to fail forward. Yeah. In yeah. business. Um, Real I, quick, was your mom bilingual when she came to the stage? Because Trinity has shopped in Europe in five different languages. <laughs> yeah. But you know those stories, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so my mother uh, <laughs> actually came to live in the United States when she was 15 for a year as a foreign exchange student and then went back to Brazil and she grew up speaking Portuguese and English. And my father actually met her in Brazil when he was teaching at the American Academy. Um, so he also lived in Brazil for 10 years and spoke Portuguese. So that really helped. There was no language barrier really for them. Um, but also coming to the U.S. speaking English really helped my mom. Too. Love so, it. And what's your third language? Uh, Spanish. It used to be really good. Not so much anymore. I used to teach Spanish at the collegiate level. But since I haven't used it, I kind of lost it. My sisters can speak Spanish, Portuguese, English, Italian, and French. I feel like I'm the black sheep of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get to use either language at all? Uh, Portuguese, yes. Um, I actually get to go to Brazil. Um, last year I went for a conference. This year I'm going again for a conference on behalf of a uh, medical association that needs a representation on the trade show floor of somebody who knows what they do and speaks Portuguese. Yeah. Um, when we were in Italy for Thanksgiving, it really helped that my sisters can speak Italian. But yeah, so the language <laughs> does come in handy. Um, not only does knowing multiple languages come in handy in a career yeah. format, but it also gives you an appreciation for the struggle for those who only know one language and can't go between the two. It gives you an appreciation for the skill, the challenge, and especially the culture. I like your dad's ability just to ask the world, what's next? Yeah. Dude, my dad's hilarious. <laughs> what He's is funny. next? He will, this is the, my favorite thing about my dad, he can only speak Portuguese and English, which is impressive on its own, mm -hmm. but he has this mindset that if you speak another language, you automatically understand Portuguese. So we were on a bridge in Venice, and at the top of the bridge, you're supposed to punch the person at the top for good luck. And there's this Korean who crosses him at the top, and my dad punches him in the shoulder. So the Korean is, like, freaking out, and my dad's speaking to him in Portuguese, telling him, no, it's good luck, it's good luck, and the Korean's looking at him like he's crazy because my dad's speaking Portuguese. They're in Italy, and this is a Korean. It just <laughs> the Korean guy didn't know yet to punch somebody? Okay, I think that there is some kind of psychological, um, there has to be a name for it because my second language is Spanish. And I've noticed that when I'm put in a situation where there's somebody who's speaking a foreign language to me, 
I don't speak back to them in English. I'll speak back to them in Spanish. So even if they do speak to me in Korean or if I, when I was in, um, you're in Turkey, when I was in Turkey, yeah. this happened all the time <laughs> that they would speak to me in Turkish. I'd learn just enough Turkish to get in a cab, get around, order a beer and find a bathroom. Yes. Other than that, that's all you need to know. That was, though, right? that's all the I had transition, but they would talk yeah. and then I would try to talk back. And the first thing that would happen would Spanish would come out of my mouth and then French and then, and yeah, so you're right. I would just, I think that there must, if whoever's listening out there, if you know what the name of that is called, that makes us want to go to our second language, I would love to know. Cause I know that there's some dorky scientific reasoning behind oh, yeah. it. Right up your alley. Oh, yeah. right up my alley. So Sam. Yes. Failure. It is something that people are absolutely terrified of. What is your advice to a small business owner who is facing a failure? Embrace it. If a failure comes at you, it's not because you did something wrong. It's not because you don't know better. It's because there's a better way. Whether it's learning a new skill or tweaking something in a certain angle, it's nothing to dread. It's not... Don't be embarrassed about it. Um, as business owners, and I'm sure you two can attest to this too, especially with social media these days, we are encouraged to only show the good side, only talk about the clients we landed, only talk about the uh, successful amount of invoices that got paid on time. Well, do you know how many invoices never got paid on time, much less I had to hunt down for years? Do you know how many clients I have lost? Do you know how many accounts I have not even landed for some reason or another? Countless, but most time you never hear those people talk about it. Me, you'll hear me talk about it all day because it's a learning opportunity. If I'm going to share something that I bombed at but learned from, that means somebody else is probably bombing at it too and needs to learn from my experience. Absolutely. So when you are in that mindset that persevering is a much better option than just cowering in the corner from your failure, how would you recommend if somebody's never done that before, what first steps should they take? It's hard. The first step you have to do is be conscious of it. Like just realize you're at a crossroad. You can either cower in the corner and think, oh, crud, Ola, I'm going to fail at this. People are going to know I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to look qualified, whatever it might be. Or you can go at it from a different angle and say, you know, I'm going to hit this on headstrong. I've got this. It's like that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where uh, Johnny Depp stands at the edge of the boat and the Kraken comes and eats him. And he literally is standing there with his arms open, looks up in the air, and the Kraken just swallows him whole. That's how you need to embrace failure, is as, as the Kraken eating you whole. Because what happened is the next movie, he's alive, and they saved him, and all hunky-dory went along the way. Right. But it's cowering in the corner versus embracing the Kraken is a completely conscious effort that you have to step back and say, okay, what's really important? Is it looking bad or is it looking bad for a second, but learning from it and not looking bad again? And moving forward. Precisely. Going, forward. going back to the, the values your parents instilled in you on that, you, that's got to be somewhere in your body. So okay. when that crossroad, you come to that crossroad, because if you don't know that or you don't think that, it helps you me with a psych problem, degree, right? and so my psychology <laughs> degree taught me a lot about cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. and that's basically training yourself to be cognitive and conscious of what is going on around you to stop, take it in, and pick which crossroad you're going to take. 
Um, a lot of people who opt, especially um, when they have psychological disorders, to not take the medicated route, they'll take cognitive behavioral therapy, which is precisely that, which teaches you how to analyze your brain and think, okay, which way am I going to go? Am I going to do this or this? Um, and I think that's really what helped is not only my psychology degree, but my upbringing with my parents who just taught me, just go with it. Just you can do it. Um, the two together kind of made me a pretty badass result. When you yes. were at those crossroads, did were your parents the people that you called just, hey, here's, let me run this by you. Tell me what I'm missing or what, how do you see it? Growing up, it was definitely calling my parents and saying, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of stuck. As I got older, it became having a circle of people who I can call at three o'clock in the morning when I'm stuck. Trinity is on my board of advisors. Um, I have three boss babes on my board of advisors who I trust with knowing my income, knowing every last dollar amount, every last problem, everything. And I know I can call those three girls and say, look, this is what I'm stuck on. I need your help. Um, I'll do group texts with them. I'll text them at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll text them at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, I'll send them a FaceTime while I'm at the gym. It doesn't matter because these are girls who not only understand, but they respect me and love me enough that they'll tell me what I don't want to hear. Yeah. The problem yeah. when you have a lot of close friends as your inner bubble they're only going to tell you the soft and the fluffy. They're just going to tell you what you want to hear. And what you want to hear is usually not what you need to hear. Um, and it's hard, and I'm sure Trini can attest to this with having Scott so being so wonderful. Um, it's really hard to hear what you need to hear, not what you want to hear from your spouse. Finding those people who can truly deliver the things that we don't want to hear in such a way where we can take it is a really delicate balance. You have done a good job of surrounding yourself with your board of advisors. And these are people who, that you know, love you first and foremost, but also are going to tell you the honest truth because that's what's going to actually get you to that next goal that you have in mind. Yeah. When you've sent us business ideas or name ideas, I, I mean, on the text strings and the communications with the girls, some of it's really raw and very honest, but in hindsight, that's what helps you move forward. And that's with Scott and I, I will have to sit down with him every couple of weeks and I'll ask him like, hey, honestly, how did that networking event go? How you've been listening to the podcast, what's been good, what hasn't been good? And a lot of times his response is, oh my gosh, it was so great, it was so great. And then I have to ask him, I put on my coaching hat instead of my wifey, hey, hat. wifey hat. And then I ask him the next, well, what could have been done better? And then he's like, oh, maybe this. I'm like, okay, well, tell me more about that. And then he goes in deeper and then it's, and now I'm peppering him and diving in and peeling back this onion. And I finally get to the root of something that's really good that can actually improve my business right. and results. Because just on the surface, people are going to tell you what they think you want to hear. Which is not which conducive. Doesn't, no, it doesn't help any freaking one like <laughs> no. I, I'm like I love you babe I really appreciate it but if if anyone's gonna deliver some honest truth it really feels good to finally get that from somebody that I know is coming from quite possibly the best place that he could yeah and I know for me hearing what I need to hear from my husband Stephen is the hardest oh, person yeah. to hear it from. I can hear it from my parents. I can hear it from my sisters. I can hear it from you and Trinity and the rest of the board of advisors all day, every day. When my husband critiques or tells me something I can do better, I, I, I have the hardest time handling it. That's a weakness of mine. Um, he's been a business owner. He's He managed a sprint store. He 
years before he ever met me. I think I was in middle school when he did that. Um, but nice. he knows what it's like to be a business owner, run a shop, have a team, have a staff, and fail at it. He knows what it's like to start your career at the age of 30. He he gets it, but yet I still brush it off as, oh, you don't understand, when really he has the best perspective, both from a business side, but on the other side of, I love you, I need this to work, so I'm going to tell you what you don't want to hear because you need to hear mm -hmm. it. And it's so hard to hear it from him, but it's the best advice when it comes from him. Yeah. What is his role in your businesses? Does he only offer advice when you ask? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he offers advice when I don't ask yeah. for it. Um, he doesn't really play a, a vital role in my business other than I would call it a support system. Mm -hmm. When I have a client that I land and I'm really excited about it, he'll listen, he'll hear about it, and he'll give me ideas of what I should do from his perspective, especially if it's an industry that I'm not familiar with. So if it's something that he knows nothing about, like an eyelash client, he kind of steps back and he's looking at me like I'm crazy because he has no idea anything. But working with a truck company or a landscaping company, when I had a landscaping client, he had all the insight because he was the target audience for that particular client. But when it comes to my business itself, I get all the feedback when I never asked for it. But I'm grateful for it. I really am. I go kicking and screaming. But at the end of the day, when I'm laying in bed looking at the ceiling, I'm processing all those pieces of advice and tidbits and insight that he gave. He's not supposed to know that I'm actually processing what he well, said. But I'll edit this out then. Yeah, so edit this out or yet. we just won't give him the link to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll give him the one with the one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but hearing it from your loved ones is one thing. Hearing it from the one person who you're life kind of relies on them and they rely on you because mm -hmm. you're a married unit. You're, you're one unit. Um, it's really difficult, but it's really important. And having that support system is really important. How they deliver that feedback is important. I know before Scott and I got married, one of the things that I made um, him do was we went to premarital counseling because I knew that we were going to need some sort of system or guidance and how we were going to communicate when things got tough. Because as small business owners, there are, even though I would say Sam is one of the best people at overcoming fear and overcoming rejection and moving forward from it, it can really take a toll on you emotionally and it can put you in a bad spot that makes you feel unhappy or unhealthy in other parts of your life. Right. And then you feel out of balance and that out of balance can start to spread and grow roots into other parts of your life that you really don't want it going into. Yeah. Was there a, a particular business or a client or a big job that ended quickly that you didn't see coming and how did you regroup from that? I'd have to think on that because most of them I see coming, but I have one that never even started, and I'm grateful that that one didn't start. Um, that was a particular client who I probably learned the most from that one, and they didn't. They weren't even technically a client. I never got a dime from them. Uh, they were the they were a referral from a very successful hairstylist client I'd worked with for a number of months, and she referred me her father because she was so pleased with the work I did. I worked, I discussed with her father. I said, okay, tell me your business. Tell me what your goals are. Where are you now? And he told me, and I won't disclose that because it kind of gives off who the company is. But he was adamant about telling me, I worked in corporate America for 30 years, so I know how this is done. That was kind of my warning symbol. I was like, oh my God. Okay, this guy is telling me he knows how to do this, yet he's coming to me for help for his business and marketing. But he has 30 years in corporate America and he knows what he's doing. This is going to be a problem. 
Yeah. So right from the get-go, the minute I sent him the quote, he just started combating and fighting and arguing. And that was when I had to be strong enough to step back and say, this guy's never going to be happy. This is not worth my reputation or my namesake to deal with this guy. So I said, I'll be happy to refer you to another marketing consultant. I just don't think we're the right fit based on our personality and business styles. And he was a little crotchety about that, but I gave him another marketing consultant and we parted ways. And while it does stink that I didn't get that new client, it's the one client I'm so grateful that I never got because he wasn't even happy with the other guy. Um, He's just one of those people who, no matter what you deliver, you can give them the moon and like, well, I wanted further than that. It's the moon for goodness sake. Like I gave you more than you asked for. Right. So the client that always thinks they know better than you oh is God. the client that you don't want. I think we did a podcast on that, didn't we? we? It's did, okay to turn away did. business. It is okay. okay to turn yeah. away bad business. And it, but I wouldn't even characterize that as a failure. I would say that that's just good business. Sense. Yeah, I do have one that I actually just terminated the co- the contract on my own accord because I realized I was not the right, right person to do their marketing. Um, I had another marketing consultant who excelled in their particular industry. And so when I met with this client and she was asked, she wanted to sign her contract for the next month, I said, actually, I have a better idea. I've already spoken to this other marketing coordinator. He is an expert in the beauty industry. He has techniques and styles. I've already spoken to him. He's a little bit more expensive than me, but he can surpass anything that I can give you. So that was me realizing my own weaknesses and saying, you know what? You deserve the best. I can't give you the best, so I'm going to give you somebody who can. I didn't get a referral fee. I didn't get an extra month out of it. I mean, she paid her contract or, or past month, and that was it. But I did what was right because at the end of the day, our integrity, our reputation, and the happiness of our clients and past clients is what keeps us going. It is because that is what keeps that referral wheel spinning 150,000%. So that wasn't a failure. That was just a learning experience that – I was not the best fit for that particular project. So tell us a little bit about when you are, because you work with small business owners in a different capacity than we do. We're listening to their sob stories. We're helping them get through um, roadblocks. We're helping them to expand. We're helping them with hiring, firing. Like that's what we do on the coaching side. You also experience a lot of that because marketing is so closely tied. I mean, it's the beginning of the sales cycle. So you're hearing a lot of what's going on from small business owners is they're trying to get their marketing plans up and off the ground running, or they've hit a plateau and they don't know how to move forward and you're helping them do that. What would you say are the top three characteristics it takes to persevere in small business that you've learned from your clients? Um, I'd say the first one would be understanding. Like they have to be understanding that there's somebody who knows what they're doing a little bit better and they need to be willing to take it help. Mm-hmm. So understand that you're not the best and that you're willing to take and help. Open to change because if you're going to bring me in to help you and you're like, no, we've never done it this way. This is, we've been doing it this way for years. We don't need to change it. Why did you call me in? If you don't want to make changes, don't ask for help. Like right. simple as that. And then the last one I think would have to be just kindness. Um, you have to be nice. Uh, business owners, I get it. I'm a business owner. We kind of crotchety and kind of touchy when it comes to our business. Our business is our baby. Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes in and tells you something you're doing quote unquote wrong or that you could do better, you tend to get a little defensive. So if I tell you, hey, I've got a better way to do this, don't get mad at me. You brought me in for help. Like, be nice. I'm trying to help. Not because you're paying me, but because I care. 
I have one client, it just makes me think of this all the time. Um, love them to death, actually the client became one of my board of advisors uh, members. And they brought me in because they were struggling with their business and they had just taken it over from another generation of the family. And they opened it with open arms and brought me into the family. And when I told them like, you need to fix this, they were just willing to change it because they trusted that I knew what would happen, what would help them. And there were days where I, I never forget. I got a call from the client one day and she goes, Samantha, I'm going to kill my mother. Why are you going to kill your mom? Cause she started the keto diet and she hasn't had any coffee. <laughs> so what does my butt do at 8am on a, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday morning. I find keto coffee and keto creamer. I call the every GNC on my way to their office and see if they have it in stock. I go buy it, take it to their shop, give it to them and say, look, don't kill your daughter, drink the coffee. And it's just the little things you do, but it just it goes a mile, like a mile because you care. And while they were a client and they were paying me, I actually cared about them as people and friends because that's what it is when you work with a small business, especially in marketing. You can hire a big agency and you're going to have eight people working on your account. But those eight people don't know that what you're doing affects your two kids. They've never met your two kids. Right. They don't understand what tears and sweat you've put into your business. They just know they get to take home a salary paycheck every two weeks as long as they keep your marketing afloat. When you work with a small business owner who knows what it's like to work with a small business, you're going to get better results. Not to say there's anything bad about working with an agency. If your business is at that capacity, that you can work with an agency both financially and need-wise. But most small businesses don't have the budget, the manpower, or the business need to hire a giant agency. And that's where I've always come in because I give that personal touch. I know you're trying to pay for your kid's daycare, not your third house in Malibu. <laughs> I love it. I found that quote that you were searching for Which one? earlier. The, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Thomas exactly. Edison. Yes. yes. Okay. I knew exactly. I had actually written that down before we met today. And I just found it in my notebook while Yay. you were chatting. I think that one of the things that Sam's really good at is failing early, failing often, and then failing forward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> failing often is quite accurate. Well, we all fail. And there are just ways that some people are more um, willing to share that with the world. And then, you know, it's like when I have a bad day and I'll post something and be like, hey, guess what, world I'm not perfect. Right. Like there is no such thing as perfect. You might think that somebody's business is perfect from social media or what image that they want the world to see, but there is no such thing as a perfect client or a perfect business or a perfect small business. And you will be amazed how much feedback and positive feedback you get when you're honest and you're vulnerable and you tell people, I'm not perfect. I failed at this. Um, a few weeks ago, I did a video on Instagram and on LinkedIn about a struggle that I was having with my career. I hadn't, it had been going on for nine, 10, 11 months and very few people knew about it. But when I became vulnerable and did this video and basically voiced what was going on with my life, I got such positive feedback from people I didn't even know. People who were telling me, thank you for being real. Thank you for not putting a filter on the truth of what it's like to be a business owner. Thank you for just being honest about what happens to thousands upon thousands of people regardless of where they are in their career and just not sugarcoating it just basically saying it sucks because it does suck in, it does in classrooms i think the three of us qualify for this there's always those one or two people that ask the question that the other 98 people in the room want to know but, but won't, ask. won't ask yeah and we do because 
There's no stupid questions. There is not. a stupid person who won't ask the question. Right. Eh, I don't know. Sometimes there's really stupid questions, and I'm like, I wish this person would just leave this class. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I think that it's always good to go and look at other people who have overcome failure. And I did a little research before the show because I was curious who some of those people were. One of my favorite authors, J.K. Rawlings, was a failure. Yes. Totally failed, bombed, homeless, overcame, persevered, and now look at. Wasn't she like the only millionaire or billionaire that got knocked off the list because she gave so much to charity? Mm -hmm. I think I read that somewhere where she got knocked off the hierarchy of how much money she had because she gave so much much away. away. Yeah. Amazing. That's goals, man. Beethoven failed, (laughs) overcame failure. Now, I mean, who doesn't know something by Beethoven? Um, Stephen King, one of my other favorite authors, also an early failure, failed, overcame, persevered. Um, Fred Astaire, Charles Darwin, of course, we all know that Albert Einstein um, and Thomas Edison, both inventors, had, if they had not persevered through all of their failures, we wouldn't have half of the things that make our <laughs> life, you know. We're sitting here today and Sam has her phone charging on top of her notebook because her notebook is a cell phone charging pad. We would not have that if Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein had not continued to fail in their experimentation. Um, Bill Gates, the Beatles, I mean, gosh, the Beatles sucked it up for a long time, (laughs) failure after failure, and now one of the greatest bands that ever lived. Agreed. So there are tons of people that have overcome failure to go on and become the epitome of success within their industry. And then you have a bunch of businesses that, almost went out of business. Mm. Apple almost crashed um, and then made a resounding comeback when they made a decision to bring back Steve Jobs, which was smart on their behalf. Uh, FedEx almost hit bankruptcy. There was a point in time where FedEx only had $5,000 left in their bank account. So you can hit rock bottom and still bounce back. backs. Yeah. Um, Airbnb also yep. almost went out of business and now they're probably the top place that people go when they want to travel and not stay in us. Aren't they like the biggest uh, vacation rental company without owning any real estate? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. I was just on Airbnb the other day because we were looking for a place to stay in Fort Lauderdale while we're um, getting ready to head on the cruise for our honeymoon. Mm. I did not know this until I researched this, but Evernote almost failed. And... It's one of the few apps Coach I can Mike, yeah. Coach Mike, yes, Coach Mike loves, <laughs> loves Evernote. He absolutely loves it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is a love uh, story over here. And yeah, they almost, they almost failed. And Scott, if you're listening, which I know you are because you love listening to the stinking podcast, you adorable man, you, Reddit was almost a failure. Yep. He is a Reddit junkie. I just don't have the time nor the patience to dig through all the stuff that's posted the on Reddit. The format doesn't I want to get on Reddit just to be on the gift exchange. Um, they have they a do gift a, exchange? They have a secret Santa on Reddit. There is a Reddit forum where this is a gift exchange. I'm going somewhere with this. Bill Gates always gets somebody on there, and somebody gets a gift from Bill Gates every year. And it's always, it's always uh, in a news article that Bill Gates was my secret Santa, and look at what I got. 
Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing. So many businesses, so many people are on the brink of failure, but they're like, you know what? No, I'm not going to fail. I'm coming back from this. And they come back bigger, stronger, and better than before. So when something sucks, something stinks, you hit your toe, you, it, you, it looks like you're going to hit rock bottom, land on your butt and bounce back bounce up. Bounce back up. So one last question for you, my dear. Okay. You're sitting here. You have access to two of the best business coaches in the business. Yep. And what is one question that you'd like for us to answer for our listeners? What is a point that I've failed so much I need to completely reanalyze my angles? Oh, that is such a good question. Well, I, first thing, I look for the commonalities. Okay. Uh, wrong city, wrong product, wrong time, no money, not your wheelhouse. Okay. Uh, I would start there. I would look at and then go back to the business, go back into her wheelhouse, the planning. What did you set up to do? Did you just wake up on a Monday morning and start that? Uh, but back to what you said earlier, some of those could have nothing to do with you. The econ- I know in 2009, a lot of good companies went under when the economy took a dump. You know, not much you could do on that. Right. But the first thing I'd look for is the commonalities. I would start asking a lot of questions in terms of, is it the right market for somebody to be in? Um, Do they have the skill set that is necessary to thrive in that marketplace? And if they don't have the skill set, are they open to learning and going out and getting it? I've seen a lot of business owners, especially with people who were getting into real estate, that I talked out of it because they had a very... Um, dreamlike idea of what real estate was. And then when we actually got down into the nitty gritty of what a day to day looks like, I mean, you know, today I'm dealing with repair negotiations and a really grumpy (laughs) seller because there's a pipe that burst under her house and she didn't know it. And, you know, like all this stuff, that's not this, you know, romanticized idea of real estate that you see on HGTV. And that can happen (laughs) in other industries as well. So really figuring out if the people have the grit and what it takes to survive within that industry. I know there are certain ones that I could never, I could never be a nurse or um, an elementary school teacher. I just don't have the patience or the stomach for boogers or vomit. And you'll learn, you'll learn, yeah. you keep practicing, you'll mom. learn. Yeah. Um, the, and what I'd ask is, and I found out with me, I'm better with a partner. I go back to my, I grew up playing junior tennis and I always enjoyed doubles better than singles. I enjoyed the teamwork and the com- and all that. And I've done a couple of businesses on my own. I've done a couple with my brother. They were better with my brother. This one's exceeding expectations for us versus some other stuff I've done. So that was my commonality. When I looked at everything, it's like, you know what? I'm better with someone else because yeah. they do things. I'm not the most detailed person. I don't care for the spreadsheets. I'm the marketer, the sales, the talker. And yeah. I found out that's what I needed. Kind of like looking at, don't just look at everything that didn't work. Look at the stuff that did work. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think really looking into if you've exhausted all of your options and if your last options that are on the table that could make you successful, are you willing to face the fear of not knowing how to overcome those? And our next podcast after this one is going to be um, covering a concept that we call the four C's. It's actually a book that was written by Dan Sullivan, and it's going to delve into all of the ways that you can overcome fear and procrastination, which is a lot of what holds small business owners back. And if there's something that they are either too afraid of or are putting off for too long 
And you can only put something off for so long before you're just not going to do it. And if someone is absolutely refusing to do the one or two things that are going to help them be successful within their business, then it's time to pull the plug. Where are the best ways for people to follow your trials and tribulations? Um, on social media, I've got my Instagram, which is at Sam underscore Straz, S-T-R-A-Z. Thank you for um, shortening that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, my last name's a doozy. Um, if you see me driving around town, my license plate says Straz, so yep. feel free to honk and wave. Facebook, I've got Strazanic Solutions and Edily Social Events. They can follow me on there. And on Twitter, The Social Swan. I rant about the most random things on Twitter, which is great. People think it's a dead platform for social media, but it's being utilized in some industries that is quite innovative. I would like to leave everyone with some parting words. One, please go like, follow, subscribe. Mike's shaking his head at me because I rate, rate, review, review, subscribe, subscribe, whatever. Like us, follow (laughs) us. We appreciate tweet, all of it. Tweet yes. at us. Yes. Um, yeah, all of those us. things. That's what the young kids say, right? Yes. At do us. it yeah. at us. I don't I don't mind if you slide if you slide in my DMs, but in a not creepy way, I will respond to you. Yes. You're welcome very much. And I wanted to leave you guys with some parting words on failure. Bring it. Fail early, fail often, but always fail forward. forward. Somebody wrote that about you, didn't they? Probably. I fail a lot. You're really in- good at it. Wait, but to I quote always, you earlier in the show, oh, I was in elementary school back then. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. Exactly, exactly. We, uh, we very much appreciate you oh, being on you. the show and just a kind of sharing with people that it's okay. You know, it's okay. At the end of the day, you'll survive, you'll yeah. learn, and you'll be better for it. Yes, and if you want a marketing solution that is going to help you to overcome your fears, and also overcome any failures that you've experienced previously in marketing. I know that Samantha has um, one of the biggest hearts and she actually has quite a bit of patience with her clients. <laughs> so Strazanic Solutions has got your back when it comes to your marketing needs. And the last thing I wanna leave everybody with is when it comes to failure, don't ask yourself, is it failure you're afraid of or is it success you're afraid of? Once you answer that question, then you'll be able to move forward, but you gotta determine what your real fear is. Oh, you just opened a whole other podcast for us, which we'll do another time. So we appreciate it, Sam. Good luck with everything. Thank you. And we'll see everybody next time on our Wired to Wired to Change podcast. That's Wired with a two.